Because the thing is with those comics, the stories are crazy. I mean, yeah. They go into like parallel universes and then they change identities and then yeah. they come back and then they die and then they're reborn and then yeah, they're yeah. a man and a woman and then they have powers and then they don't and then <laughs> they have a child and the child turns into the sun and then the sun <laughs> rules this planet, the planet of that yeah. planet. They blow up and then the, you know, the yeah. Trojans from that planet turn into apes that yeah. then become, you know, it's yeah. like Scientology. <laughs> it's like totally. Hey everybody, this is Petey from the Spinner Rack, and today I want to talk about before the so-called biggest X crossover, <laughs> before the, the crossover that started it all, um, there was a time when the X-Men went to Asgard, and not only at the same time this was happening, a lot of other things were happening at Marvel at the same time. Right now, I really had to dig to find these books. But um, the, the I guess the first book that sort of came out was X-Men and Alpha Flight. Now, this would be the X-Men going to Asgard. That would be the kick hook to it. Because, why was it the hook of them going to Asgard? Because Thor was hot. Thor was a big deal again. It was selling. Top 10 book. Right? By Walter Simonson. We're not going to do the told, the big history on that. So Marvel had the idea. The X-Men should go to Asgard. Right? So who do they want to get? Of course, you know who they want to get. They want to get Byrne and Claremont back together. This is possibly one of the last books that they worked together on. They'd ask Byrne to also do X-Titans which he said no to. He was still never say never again. But he had agreed to X-Men Alpha Flight. He agreed to it with some caveats. You know we like to say caveats. So with the caveat that Kitty Pride to be on vacation during this time, right? Just like Secret Wars, that Kitty Pride would just go away on vacation, right? So Byrne got the plot and... He saw Kitty was all shadow cat, was all over the plot. And then he was like, he said, nope, you guys went against it. Because he, he also he also asked someone else to plot it. And I think I have all these open, thankfully. He asked someone else to plot it. So if you look at the story here, Chris Claremont is the writer, but it's based on the premise by Shooter, Innocenti, and Denny O'Neill. So Daniel, all of these are the these two are the editors of X Men and Alpha Flight. There's a hint of a book that's going to come later. We're going to talk about this book too, because that's all a part of this big. I think it's 1985 summer crossover, right? So before I get into this, and let's take this book out. So with Kitty being involved in it, Byrne declined, right? So you're saying, wow, he said yes, then he said no. So of course they got all reliable. Paul Smith, you know what he said? He said, hell no. <laughs> and then he he said he got off the phone with Marvel. Then he saw he said he saw a motorcycle that he liked. He said this in Wizard Magazine. He saw a motorcycle he liked. And then he said, you know what? Let me call Marvel back up. Dial them back up. This is in Marvel Age. He said, Paul Smith is doing this. We never knew until Andocenti said in the trade of the X-Men and Asgard that just initially started as a Byrne and Claremont project. 
right? Because Shooter was constantly trying to get them to do something together, right? And Byrne at that point was pretty much swearing off mutants. He does, in this group of stuff, he does do one X-Men thing, which I'll show you, but not briefly. The point of this, I don't want to get into the story of this. I just want to get into this big crossover because this is bringing Cyclops and Madeline back to the book, right? The, the what's the name? The um, shotgun wedding they had kind of, um, you know, is going well. They, they met in like a couple weeks, married soon after that, and now they're off. And things are moving even more rapidly for them, right? So, of course, Cyclops is miles away at this job where he can't be around his friends. But this is Marvel Comics, right? So then we have this... Um, New Mutant subplot plot this in here that um, is kind of wacky, but this the what I want to want you guys to look at is the Rachel stuff because this is going to be very different when we get to some of this X Men stuff, right? So Rachel, similarly to how X Men um, X Titans went, Rachel catches a flashback. She's having a reaction to whatever Cyclops was going through in there and then she causes all the stuff to happen and Professor X stops Rachel, right? But Rachel is like gets the still connected to um somehow is connected to Cyclops and this and she's able to see what's going on, even though you're not supposed to be able to see things telepathically across the continent because of Magneto. He sees him and he lets everyone else know that Cyclops was her father, right? So we're going to get to, you know, the difference between how Paul Smith dealt with Cyclops to how, you know, Chris Claremont would later, or soon after this book, because it says he was the writer. So we need the Alpha Flight. I don't really want to get into this, but it's just something you should definitely read, right? You have Wolverine and Heather back together. A lot of cool stuff here. A lot of fun stuff. Nice art. But when we see Cyclops... And it's like, wow, he doesn't have to wear his glasses, right? And then you see Rachel struggling with stuff, right? And then we see all of the people that she was working with now sort of like as guardians. And now Madeline's able to cure all these people, right? So, and cure even um, Sasquatch. And all these people are doing better. I think even, um, even, um, um what's her name? Jeannie Marie. Right, so they're hanging out, and then um, Professor Xavier is scanning their minds, and he notices that that Madeline is with child. Right, so you think this is gonna be great, but it's like, what's the name? Gonna have a baby, and that's gonna be me, because this is a Claremont comic. It can't always go that smoothly, right? And they find out it's going to be a son. And then she runs off. And then Cyclops has no idea what's going on here. He's totally in the dark. The X-Men, this has finally been revealed. Don't want to get into the heavy plot of this. We just want to get into Cyclops' reaction. And we're going to get to try to get through all these books without being too long. Right? So now, what I want to do is keep this here. This is going to be a gap. And we're going to put these guys over here, right? So we're getting some some good stuff. This is mainly about how the shift in Cyclops happened, right? So in this book, oh yeah, what's the name? Talisman gets taken out of this book pretty quickly. She's a pretty cool character, but she's kind of taken out of this. 
And Kitty has the worst hair imaginable. Right. But I'm just skipping through this. Multiple anchors. Oh yeah, this was great. That um um that um Snowbird is really going through something. She's really the heavyweight on the team, and she kind of gets taken out of the book. And Wolverine gets to do his Wolverine stuff. But then as you go along, you realize all this stuff is a facade. And then Cyclops is like, hey, this is a facade. We can't, you know, we can't play around with this. So Cyclops is on the side of the heroes. Look how quickly he joins in there, even though I believe his Madeline and Rachel on the other side of it in this utopia. And Cyclops is like, no, we're not having none of this. <laughs> and the and the, and the X-Men, the ones on the side of right with Xavier. Notice Xavier's over there, Cyclops. The people that usually get trashed in the X-Book, they're on the side of the right. So they're fighting against this stuff. You know, fighting Sue's. They figured out Loki's, of course, the bad guy. It's a nice, cool inking by um, Barry Windsor Smith here. I don't want to keep... I just want to scan through this. I think it's um, Joseph Rubenstein... Some of these pages, as much as I can call out by eyesight. But here is the key to the issue. Because we're going to show you how this shifts later, right? So, when we get to this part, he said, what happened to Rachel? He doesn't know what she's playing at. I'll go get her. So, Cyclops, who doesn't know Rachel from Adam, doesn't know her from all. This is ultimately... This should have been Cyclops' goodbye to the X-Men. He shouldn't have been used past this point if he was going to be, but it goes kind of left after this, right? So, he gets a hint that this is someone from the future, and, and she reminds him of somebody, and then they make they have this great moment. This is when you say giving a good goodbye to a character... This was the goodbye he was supposed to get, right? So remember this. Keep this in mind, right? They go off hanging out. He doesn't know that he's with his daughter, right? And, uh, you know, semi-happy ending for the mutants. But so it seemed. Because we know what's coming up next. Who will lead them? A duel that the X-Men never have, Right? So we're going to keep moving, right? We go to this. How the hell is the Phoenix back? She's not supposed to be back. So at the same time, all this X-Men stuff happening at once. All this stuff. 200. Uh, these annuals. I'm going to show you the annuals that are here. Uh, X-Men 200 right here. All this is happening. And then of course, whether my secret one, Heroes for Hope, is here too. All this X stuff. And at the same time, we also have X-Factor happening. And this actually hurts the sales of X-Factor. Because they say that this initially wasn't big. X-Factor was not big when it was launched, right? It had a big launch with the Avengers, Fantastic Four. They maintained their sales despite... And there's also Secret Wars 2 is happening. So they did a lot of stuff at once. So um, I guess you can kind of say... You know, the X-Books kind of did in the X-Factor launch. But we'll keep going. So Cyclops is back with the X-Men for two seconds, right? He's back. He shows that he's still got his skill. 
even though this story is going to show that he doesn't later he talks and she wants to talk and he's standoffish i just showed you the cool shots i just showed you look at that he's like why is she interested in me what look at this for no reason at all don't even know her. None of the X-Men jumped to it. Cyclops went and jumped to help her out, right? Written by Claremont. Here's also written by Claremont, standoffish. <laughs> right? And there's another problem here, right? So we had the moment in the other issue where, you know, Xavier, Xavier and Cyclops had this moment. Next thing you know, we find out that Xavier's dying. It's like... What the hell? Right? So he's struggling with them with the what's the name and they won't tell him the truth so he'd understand. It's like, no, they can't tell him that because then he'll stay here because he's married, but he needs to know this stuff. Nope, not gonna do that. So then they say, Mora's being, you know, you know, like trying to as she always does, complaining about stuff and what the X-Men should or should not do, saying Professor X is dying. Why didn't they tell him that like a long time ago? Not when he just in town, right? Then next thing you know, she tells him that, um, you know, Magneto's going to be running the show. And then he's like, he's not with it. And he said, you could be wrong. And he's like, he's not prepared to take that risk. And then next thing you know, he hears this. She's listening. Of course, the birth of the child, she breaks down again, right? Is there anything else in here that I want to show? I don't. Regretfully, so around this time, X-Factor is also happening. I think with X-Factor, I'm not sure. I think, I don't know if this was planned, but um, the idea that Rachel becomes Phoenix is really nutty and that she has the Phoenix power, but she gets killed some point later. And then um, here, she becomes Phoenix by just, you know, remembering, you know, going through that. She connects with her mother with this thing. I never understood it until the Fantastic Four issue. Running through this stuff. But then she breaks it. How the hell is it whole when you get to a Fantastic Four issue, right? And where are the greys going? Where do the greys leave to, right? So the last tidbit, because this book has a lot of great nutty stuff in here, right? This, this whole fight with the, the Jewish... Um, the, the Holocaust survivors, right? We have this moment. I'm sorry, I'm skipping around. We have, we have, um, who's it? Magneto and Lee Foster, who turns out to be, to, turns to be Mystique, right? So they get into this big fight. Cyclops comes. First time Cyclops is really working with Magneto. And then they arrest Magneto and... Lee is somewhere. It's crazy because Cyclops hasn't told Lee that he, um, but there's no point where he broke up with Lee, but he probably, I guess he had to tell her. But it's crazy that Wolverine, I know, sorry, Magneto is dating Cyclops' ex girlfriend, right? So this is how nutty these books get. This is the summer, the summer of intrigue. You can't, we have to just quickly go to this. There's nothing that, um, nothing that, um, there's nothing connected to this stuff except for this next issue here. But just that this is just freaking cool. That you, this is, 
I know that um, Bill Sienkiewicz, he's finishing his run, but we were expecting a run by Arthur Adams. But he loves Walter Simonson's stuff, so it's a perfect guy to get him. There's a lot of, I won't say swipes, but homages to him. But you get to see, this is with Chris Claremont as author, <laughs> doing the X-Men and Asgard. I mean, Amora is a ton of cool stuff in this book. This is Storm, and then they, this is the other angle, because we didn't see Storm in the other story. But we get to see the New Mutants, all this great stuff. I think, um, who was it? I think Rob Liefeld was trying to say, oh, they're drawing them like they, these old guys trying to draw kids. And it's like, this, this is the St. run, this stuff, the couple of issues that he did with them, is just cool as hell. And this was, uh, you know, I guess... This was a, he did covers on this, so if there's um, if anyone sort of thinks that the the New Mutants was like kind of a, uh, a, a young book by old guys similar to Spider Man, which Spider Man was a big success, even though like Walter Simonson pointed out that some of the slang was let's face it, Tiger was old, still connected. This book kind of connected. It wasn't as big as the X Men, but it was a top ten, top twenty five book. And this is where the concept meets the coolness. Like, I don't, I could, I'm coming back. We're doing another video on this. I got to do another video on that. I'm not showing you all of that. So I'm going pretty long on this one. And we haven't even got to this, right? So we're just going to get to the Cyclops points, right? Because we already know New Muses in Asgard. X-Men have to go to Asgard. Get here. Finally, <laughs> many apologies to to um, John Romita Jr. But then I love some of the stuff, but the stories went left. And I was just like, but now we're like, oh, they're back to square one. Look at them. Uh, even though, even, um, the, even the Mohawk Storm is, is hot. Even though um, John Romita Jr. did a very, a very nice, um, um, what's the name? Mohawk Storm, right? So we get a hint. The New Mutants are in Asgard, so they, of course, they have to figure out how to go back and get them, right? That we had this moment. Cyclops has been around. We saw him. He was around in the other issue. He's like, hey, I'm going to use some of these bolts, and uh, we'll try to figure it out, right? Then, look at this. All of them have this reaction. All of these guys are having this reaction, right? There's nothing going wrong with their relationship. This, that, and the other. Look at that. Rachel shows up. And her Phoenix outfit. And then he's like, what are you, why would you wear that? So now they're at the point, they're trying to say, Cyclops, you can't come home. So now they're kind of pushing him out of the book. He's just there when they could have just gave it to anybody else to do this. Because he doesn't really do much in this story after that. Right? He's just there for this moment. Right? And it's just really a storm temptation sort of story. Right? Because she's like, and it says, and hints to what's going to happen, you know, later. He said, why am I all of a sudden, am I, why all of a sudden I'm so afraid I'll never see him again? We'll never be happy together, ever again. And it's just like, oh, I guess they knew what was going on. They knew that this had and the other. They look like they're home, but they're not. They're in Asgard, the hottest one of, of the New Mutants. She's like a troll now, and <laughs> they're making a hammer. 
storm. Oh, I can't do it. Sorry, I can't do it. This like this is just too this the art's just too good. If I get to it, but Cyclops doesn't really do too much after this. Um Yeah, I want to do something else in the New Mutants later. So I'm I just want to show you that this is the X-Men is really kind of telling you you can't go home, right? So I should have another book still here, so I'm gonna keep this guy over here. Right. And push this guy up. Alright. Sorry. How are we doing? Long. Going long. Alright. Magneto. Now this outfit, most of the time, um, John Romita Jr. gets gets heck for this. But I think this version of it was done first. And, and John Romita Jr. is using the outfit that either John Romita made or Bill Sienkiewicz made. Now if you look at, hopefully I'll be able to add in a design by... Um, Bill Sienkiewicz said he came up with a new Magneto design where Magneto had an M and had sort of this weird shoulder thing, but it's real wacky. And um, I think John Romita Jr. kind of simplified it. And I think Kerry Gamble, he also did it. But um, I think he gets too much heat for this, you know, Magneto superhero costume, which of course um, John Romita, you know, removes and gives him a regular costume. But he gives him the headmaster outfit, right? So this is a trial. This is basic. Professor Xavier's on his last legs. So see how far we've gone. There was no hint of him dying. Now he's dying. X-Men, see? They bounce back from Asgard. They pop out of nowhere. They're right where they need to be. Here to help Xavier, right? And this is the point that I wanted to show you. Xavier is just about to die, or he thinks he is, right? And he has to hold on, and Cyclops comes in, and they come in to talk, and they're talking like they don't even know each other. So this is another moment of Cyclops, you can't come home. It's really sad. We had such great stuff that we saw in X-Men, Alpha Flight, but here... You can't go home. So the summer of X is just sizzling and they're pushing Cyclops out. I'm going to get to one other bit that's from an interview. Is there anything else in here? The Cyclops is kind of leading still. It's kind of leading this story. It kind of works out. Obviously, these guys, who's a friend, a friend wrist, they come in. Magneto helps Xavier. They get together. Things go bad. And the Xavier doesn't have his final moment with Cyclops. He has it with Magneto. And I know people will be like, oh yeah, they're friends, but all that is a retcon. Xavier didn't know who the hell he was in, in X-Men 149, and now he's that's his greatest friend. Not his um his surrogate son. Right? So the X-Men save the day and they walk off. And then Magneto's here, you know, and he's like but will he be true to it? He gave his word, right? So, we can't do Heroes of Hope before this, but I'm not going to get too much into this. Um, ultimately, this issue here, let's keep this guy here for now, right? Oh, wow, we got through it. It was a big summer, y'all. I'm sorry, it was a big summer. A lot of books to go through. 
Right? So this would be the end. They come back. She had the baby. Oh, that was, that's what happened in 200. In 200, sorry. Nah, I'm sorry. I'm skipping around too much. Lelandra comes because they know Xavier's in trouble. Of course, they couldn't have come like days earlier, right? She's like, oh. <laughs> they blast out. That sort of that sort of gives gives um she give the baby's about to be born from that reaction. They figure out where Xavier is, but can't, you know, it's gonna take them somehow it takes them to the end of this whole thing to figure out where he's at, right? So when they come, and I'm gonna talk to you before this ends of Instead of just killing him off, because I know Marvel wouldn't let them kill him off. But he wanted, well, I'll get to that later when Cyclops is gone, right? So we have this moment here. We have this great inking. I can't, can't, I'm not sure who inked it, but it's really nice for that page. Dan Green is good, but that page was really nice. And they say, hey, we saved Cyclops. We could save anybody. We gave you new legs. Why not? So, but they should have been, they should have came days earlier, right? So you saw Madeline went into labor, of course. She had the baby. She's in, she's in the mansion. She's not in the hospital. It's not only a comic book wedding, comic book birth, right? And not only is it a comic book birth, she's already lost all the weight. <laughs> Rachel has a pantsuit on and being, um, you know, acting all up. And then, of course, Storm is somehow hell-bent and saying... We gotta figure out this leadership thing. We're not sure if Xavier's coming back. And this, that, and the other. Alright, so they had this talk. She's complaining about stuff. Now, she was the most understanding woman, just like Lee Foster. And now she's kind of like, hey, I got this baby. It all changes. But I guess that's part of marriage. But this happens all the time in these books, right? So Rachel has a moment with the, the baby Nathan. Cyclops is all out of sorts. So this point is a really, you can't come home. No one is reacting to him as, as, as a friendly or family. He's just there. And they, of course, they can't get back. They're stuck in space for some reason. They have to, when they go out to save Xavier, and look, he's saved, he's back in there, but he can't get home. So why not make the best of it? I can stand, I can, you know, how it up. So what do the X-Men do? They're... <laughs> They actually go back to playing baseball. Now, you have to imagine that the Warlocks were dying before this point. And it's just, there's a lot of stuff going on. And then, Storm is just hell-bent. Xavier's struggling because Magneto has tried to kill them. A number of times, but what Madeline's like, you got responsibility to him. Ultimately, Cyclops should have just become become the, the headmaster of the New Mutants, right? But no, he didn't want that to happen. He wanted to ultimately Chris Claremont wanted to cut off the original team and Xavier from the X Men, like it was a tour of duty that they would be gone, and then the new X Men with Storm, Wolverine, and whoever else, because he was going to change them ten issues after this that these would be the next generation. We move on past the old and on to the new, right? And then even the newer new X-Men. So she's talking about this duel. They don't have duels for leadership. 
Xavier, so the Cyclops and Storm have, have had fights in the Danger Room, and then they haven't led to having to do this duel because Storm has won some, Cyclops has won some, right? So this duel for leadership makes no sense. Anybody can lose, right? So they have this session. They're going to have this. They're going to stack the deck in Storm's favor for some reason. Somehow that's going to show leadership. But then Cyclops doesn't even know how the how danger room works anymore. He used it against the X-Men when he, they thought he was Phoenix in X-Men 175. But look at this. He's like, wow, it's so real. When he already knows he used it to his, to his advantage when he fought the X-Men. Right? And of course, this thing moves at the speed of light. Storm moves faster than that. I'm sorry. You can't. It's... <laughs> It's like putting a flashlight. You put the flashlight on. That's what the beam is supposed to be. You're not it's like you think of how bullets move. That sort of thing. You can't dodge. You can't do that unless you're seeing your hand move up and he's moving at that. But um, Cyclops doesn't need to use his need to touch his visor to shoot his eye beams, right? And of course, he caught and they're like, this this is unceremoniously getting him out of the book, right? Can't figure out, but this is another bit that's an old bit from, what is it? When the, when Cyclops was getting married to, to Jean Grey, somehow he was going to lose his fighting edge at 25. That was one, another one of Chris Claremont's plans, right? So Cyclops loses. There's no goodbye. He just is showing you he can't come home. And such a drastic difference from him interacting with the X-Men them being wanting to meet him. None of the new X-Men connect with him, even the ones he knows. And then here we go. Rachel's back again. And she fixes this thing. The Greys are back at home for some reason. They weren't when um when Jean was there. And then this is fixed, but it has Rachel in there. So what part of continuity when Jean Grey picks it up? There's no Rachel. It's not broken. It's just wacky. Anyway, I got through it. So we're not going to do much about Heroes for Hope. Because Heroes for Hope... Oh, I left the tape on it. Most of the time, people like to talk about what? The, uh, Chris Claremont talks about the Alan Moore store. This would be the, the, the book. Well, it's kind of um, risque. Chris Claremont did stuff. Yeah, look at this. Man, this big book has been through it. I've read it a few times. Stan Lee does the first couple of pages. X-Men, this is a charity book. And this the X-Men in their risque stuff, this is not, even though they're the most popular characters, this is not the best idea. This is the Alan Moore story that Chris Claremont talks about all the time. Him getting, um, understanding Wolverine, no, understanding Magneto. That first try, Chris Claremont wanted to work with Brian Bolin. I think Chris Claremont was trying to get Steve Rude. To, yeah, Chris Steve Rude said he turned down Chris Claremont. And the only other thing I wanted to say, showing here is for charity. Bernie Wrightson. For charity, Burn does an X book. He rejoins with Terry Austin and does a couple pages. So I started this saying that um, <laughs> um, 
Jim Shooter wanted Byrne to do a next book. And for charity, Byrne did did some pages for for the charity book, Heroes for Hope. So that's my ending. 30 minutes of a summer of X in Asgard. And I th- think it's in, uh, was it in, in France? The World Court. Uh, where else? Is there anything else in there? Um, and then, of course, talking about, what's that thing? Um, talked to you about X Factor. Possibly the why an X book would struggle during this period because you have all this X stuff happening at once. Spin rack out.